Hey, what's up, sci-fi fans? This is Aaron Eisenberg. You know me from Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Nog, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thank you all. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hey, I'm M. Sierra Garcia. Hey, I'm Dave Sellers. And Chrissy Rathesberger will be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, she was on a little bit earlier and just dealing with some water catastrophes. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but she will be here. It's a wonderful crew tonight. That'll be cool. So I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, well, awesome. Well, how, how's everyone been? I feel like it's been a while since we've all touched base, and it's, uh, I'm excited about uh, chatting with each one of you and finding out a little bit about more what's going on in your worlds. Um, who wants to start? What, you know, what, what's been going on? Sure. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the shows um, that I've been watching now have had their uh, series finale, so there, there, there's not a lot on TV at the moment. Um, the the 100 is is back on uh, the CW. Um, I'm reading a new book by uh, um, a new Star Trek novel. There has been many Star Trek novels in the last few months, but uh, one dropped on Amazon. Uh, this month, so I'm, I'm I'm reading that now. And who wrote that one? The author's name um, lose me at the moment. Um, I, I I think it's Christopher Bennett, but I'm going to look that up just to, just to be on the safe side. Okay. But he he has written a ton of Star Trek novels. He's done. He's kind of uh, wrote the fifth season of Enterprise, if you will, but on. Um, but 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 doing it through the novel since that went off the air. Okay, now he shows up to like Shirley or Farpoint. I've I've seen his name around. Yeah, he's there for I, I've yes, he's there for Shirley of all time. So we, we he comes there every year, which is great. We should we should do an interview with him this year. I, I would enjoy doing an interview with him. He's written a lot of um, Star Trek novels that deal with time travel, which I particularly enjoy. So that would be fun. Yeah, yeah you're pretty you're a pretty big fan when it comes to time travel. I am. I am. Awesome. Very good. Well, anything else in your sci-fi world? Oh, I did. I did watch a, a movie on Netflix called I Am Mother. Uh, <laughs> my, so my son was watching the trailer for it. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if it's quite for you, but it looked interesting. It's it. I think it's mostly PG. There's only two human beings in the whole cast, plus that robot. But I thought it was very effective use. They made this. Big clunky, kind of scary looking robot, but giving it the most gentle, sweet mother voice, human voice for it. And it was just an interesting juxtaposition throughout this whole movie of this 
th this android that you know does not look human at all, but at the same time has this 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 very sweet disarming voice. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was it was used very effectively for this movie. Very good, very good. Uh, M, how about you? What's been going on in your sci-fi world? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I finished the Good Omens um, Amazon special, and it was just delicious. It was like I could watch Sheen and Tent do everything together. They were. <laughs> it was that. It was so close to the book. It was really made me very happy. I hadn't read the book in years and years and at least at least a good dozen years and so to have that brought to life was just delightful um and and they were absolutely enchanting uh i saw dark phoenix uh and by i saw dark phoenix i walked out after 20 minutes because it was oh terrible oh okay so you you so what you're saying you loved so it bad. <laughs> i've sat through a lot of crappy films it was so bad, and I cared so little about anybody in that movie. I left. I was done, and I'm glad that I used a freebie ticket for it that was given to me because I would have asked for my money back. Wow. It just—I didn't care. It's a disaster. Um, I can see why they went ahead and released it because they already paid for it, and they should make some money off of it. But I think Disney. I mean, Disney has a very low bar to jump over in recreating this universe when they, if and when they finally decide to. And I'm really hoping that once they get the Fantastic Four property um, completely under their umbrella, they just put it in a drawer and leave it there because no one should reboot that ever again. All right. Um, what else? I finished getting through, what was it, Vikings, which I consider like sci-fi fantasy. And it was amazing. And I started watching the British version, but the British versions from the other side, from the British side of dealing with it. And History Channel definitely did it better. Um, uh, what else? Not a whole lot going on, just a lot, a lot of work. Um, and that's really just it. My life's been boring. <laughs> Really I mean, MIB is coming out. Yes, go go ahead. And did what? Did you like the other X Men movies that came before? So I liked I liked the Patrick Stewart X Men movies when the James McAvoy like he's darling, and he's a really great. He's an, an immense actor when he he has a lot of great range, and I think um, like they were doing something interesting, but it just it just fell apart. I didn't love them. Like I don't, I don't feel a yen to own them so that I could watch them whenever I want. I mean, they're available on Netflix and I still don't want to watch them. Okay. I feel oh, like they enough. missed the mark. Fair enough. James McAvoy, uh, for me, he will always be, you know, uh, Paul Atreides son in Dune, the miniseries. So loved him in that. I still haven't watched that. Yeah, it was the second one, the, ch the Children of Dune. He was fantastic in it. Was he really? Yeah. I All right. I'm well, okay. I'm I'm a fan of Dune, so it's it's very skewed. Are you? Understand. You a yes. fan of Dune? Yeah. Sure. No. Shut up. Shut up. Did you spend hours <laughs> on a podcast talking about Dune? Yeah. That's yeah. what you should do. I should. That's I should. Totally I should start a pod. We should call it the Dune Saga Podcast. Be done with it. Right. Share uh, your love of only. Dune. Maybe that. Maybe that's taken already. Probably. Dave, 
tell me a little bit what's going on in your sci-fi world. Yeah, it's been pretty boring lately. Um, it's picked up uh, the real busy time at work, so it's pretty much been work and sleep for a while. Um, I finished watching, I mean, finished that the season finale, or sorry, series finale of Game of Thrones, um, which we talked about pretty well in our Lost episode. Yeah, the Lost episode. Yes. Um, and again, you know, having I, this time to go back and think back on it, what do you think of that final episode? I, st- I still have no problem with it. I, I still like it. Um, my opinion stands if we ever get into that discussion again. I'm uh, glad to go into it again. But uh, no, I had no problem with it. And I went back and uh, I've started watching from season one again. And still picking up on things I missed the first time through, but just loving, still loving it. Um have you What's noticed that? that every time somebody says like, "When I see you next, to, when I next see you, I'll explain everything," and then they die? Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. how every almost every character. I I started counting like so like Ned Stark was the first one that I re- realized it on, and then I got to go home and see my notes. But I started writing it down like John. The next time I see you, I'll explain to you who your mother is. Like that never happened. Like every time someone says, you know, every time. I mean, every time yeah. there's a, a a thought that they would see the person again, they would die. They die. And they it's die. done. <laughs> it's really funny to me, like, just how often that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and if it was yeah, deliberate. So, well, that's who knows at this point. Uh, yeah, finish Game of Thrones, starting over again from season one. Um, been working on getting ready for shore leave next month. It's going to be a really exciting time as it always is. Uh, waiting for the next Thrawn novel to come out and waiting for the Picard series to start on CBS this you, year. You have, a, you have a long way to wait for that. I know. Yeah. I'm glad I'm a patient man. <laughs> Not that you have much of a choice. No, this is true. Yeah, well, you know, that trailer was, uh, we had talked about this in the prior episode, but that trailer was really, I want to say it was almost haunting to see Picard in this situation because he's always been like the forefront of of Star Trek and to see him in a place of brokenness, at least what seems to be brokenness, but in his vineyard, pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it's. I, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Well, it's his brother's sure. vineyard. He, like... All of that land, like he didn't go get into the family business. He left for Starfleet, and then his brother and his wife and their son died. So all of that, like, that's all, like, all that, all that land is probably just a giant reminder of he's the last Picard. Yeah, yeah, might be. Or yeah. is he? Uh, what's been neat to see about that has been like all the uh, news you see coming down the pike about who reportedly is going to be making appearances from the TNG cast. So that's like bait garbage. Well, yeah, it, it is, but it's kind of cool. Like you're like, who now? And it makes you think at the very least. Like I, I rarely read the articles. I see the headlines and like, Ooh, that would be interesting <laughs> if that were true or something he, like that. Well, you know, Jonathan Frakes is going to direct yeah, some of it. Yeah. And will yeah. probably be it, but there's also been talk about bringing data back, which is interesting because of the way they left data. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would be disappointed and shocked if you did not see the rest of those characters at least once make an appearance in this show, depending on, you know, who or what the situation calls for, but they'd almost be, they'd almost be remiss not to. Yeah. If at least I, I agree. It'd be nice to know what they're doing also. Yeah. Yeah. And they were such a tightly woven crew for a long, you know, for seven years and, and what, one, two, three, four movies. You know, we've come to know them. As come to know them very well. As long as it's done well, like if it's just a cameo for cameo's sake, no. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. Write them in, make it important. Yeah. Right. right. Very good. Make them like integral to the story, not just yes. show up and have ice cream with Barkley kind of BS. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That uh, that bothered me about uh, on um, Voyager. Oh, she's eating ice cream. Someone's fat again. There, there was it. It felt contrived. I would like them to do it deliberately and with some grace. Yeah. Well, very good, very good. In my sci-fi world, uh, the big thing that science fiction I've been doing uh, right now is, um, I. We are in like season three, season four of Naruto. I'm watching with my son, and he's absolutely loving it. Mm. Um, so he's uh, totally into it. And I've never watched it, but I mean, I'm interested because I'm into anime, and uh, so it was neat to kind of see that. And um, I can see when people have said that it feels like they milk the episodes. Sometimes uh, they do. They drag out like what could be a single episode and make it into like three episodes. Um, but it's not, for me, it's not uninteresting, you know, so I'm not put off by it or anything like that. Uh, I watched part of the wandering earth, which was that Chinese blockbuster where they put like engines on one side of the planet and then fly off into space. Um, which sounds, that sounds awesome. Well, it's, it's, it's totally like B you're thinking like B science fiction fifties movie, except that now they're, it's like modern budget. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I didn't finish it. I don't know if I will, but, uh, and obviously there's some t- scientific impossibilities, but, um, it seemed uh, it, it seemed well done. Seemed well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might have some scientific impossibilities. Half of the shows we watched. Yeah. Have some scientific we, we don't. <laughs> we don't want science getting in the way of telling a good story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, we don't want science to ruin it for us. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and anyways, uh, so there's that. Um, I just reread the fifth novel in the uh, Expanse series. Uh, um, I can't remember Shabula Burn or whatever it is. It's the uh, yeah, but um, it does an incredible job of, of doing backstories. It's the second time I've read it, and and I think it is my favorite Expanse book so far because of what you learn about the characters and how you get into the characters, and I, I really and I think. I read all eight books that are out and going back and reading this one, I picked up on stuff in this book that plays later on this series that I didn't pick up on before, obviously. Uh, and uh, it was very good. It's a very, very good book. So if you ever are looking for a good book series to read, the expanse by James S. A. Corey. Highly recommend. Are you watching it. the show on prime at all? 
So, funny you should ask, Adam. I watched up to like season two and I had a problem with it. And this is the, I guess it's a fairly common problem. So I read the books and loved the books so much that the ep- that the TV episodes almost couldn't meet, almost couldn't rise to my expectation. Okay. Uh, so Fair. I think I think that the guy, so I think the the woman they have playing Abasarla, uh, which by the way was in the Star Trek movie as like the head of Star, she's that woman that's kind of the head of Star Everywhere. Trek. Yeah, well, yeah, she she is like the main like the president of Earth uh, in the Expanse series and mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. Like, so I liked her, and there are different elements like. Um, uh, yeah, there there so there are characters I like. But I just didn't connect with the crew. And I think it's probably more me than the show itself. It's just, uh, I'm sure I've heard a lot of good, I heard people say a lot of good things about it. I just had a problem with it. So because of that. Because I, I know it's the first two seasons were on sci-fi. I, my, is it for one of the yes. first two, correct? Yes. And yes. then the rest are being produced by Amazon. So I'm curious, like for people who have watched the first two, how well Amazon has done with keeping up with it. If there's been anything that looks or feels different, or if it's just kind of carried on in its thread. Yeah. About how, um, with the expanse having its two seasons on, um, sci-fi channel. And then the next, the, the season three was made by Amazon. I'm curious if you can see a difference in quality or if there's anything that seems different because it's been picked up by someone, a company that actually cares about yeah. instead of sci-fi, which is just wrestling and crap. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious if it's been a smooth, like you would never notice the difference. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that. Do any of you guys, uh, Dave miles, did you guys watch expense? Chrissy, did you watch expense? I, I watched, I watched the first the, season. Yeah. Yeah, see, so we're on the same boat. I yeah, I haven't watched. All I know is that the book series is absolutely incredible, and I'm like waiting for book nine, and I think book nine's the final one. And uh, so, yeah, so I and apparently it was doing well enough that Amazon decided to put a uh, at least a third or a fourth season into it. So, well, they they bought it after Sci-Fi canceled, um, and they definitely have a third season out. But and the fourth season is coming. I'm curious. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't know where people are in 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 the expanse. It's a good show. Yeah. I have not read the books though, so I can see. I. It's hard when you have an expectation from the written word and trying to get it to match in a visualized way. Yeah. I could see why it would be disappointing. Yeah. Well, I think too that. Uh, the books are so character driven. You get so much insight into the characters, and it's difficult to carry that out in a TV show. It just, mm. it just, it just is in general. Fair. So, so I, you know, I, I say that in all caution. It may be a very good show. It's just not one that uh, captured me, and uh, the books did. So you've been ruined by the. Books. I have. I know. Curse you, reading. Dagnabbit. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, sci-fi related. You know, ironically, my wife has gotten into Outlander. 
Uh, oh, which, it's so good. Well, <laughs> well, I know. And I was like, and I looked at it, eh, not really my thing. But I walked around with uh, some of the teachers at school, uh, especially the female teachers, said, oh, yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> it's actually a really neat side. story. It's it's not all like yeah. sexy Scotsmen in their kilts, uh, you know. Yeah, well, there's some of that, though, right? Oh, there's a oh, lot yeah. of that. <laughs> That's why I stopped reading them. There was too much sexy Scots. And then I was like, I'm tired just reading about this, guys. Like, can we do something else other than being in the bed? <laughs> That's just uh, me. Yeah, well, my uh, my wife's just watching the, ne- uh, the shows on Netflix now, so. Oh, that's uh, right, because Netflix bought the first two seasons, have the, can show the first two seasons, because yeah. it's on, it's like, I'm waiting for season five right now on yeah. Stars. yeah. Well, very good. Well, as you can hear, Chrissy has joined us uh, for the show. So, Chrissy, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you. It's good to have you here. So we've been talking about what's been going on in our sci-fi world, and we want to find out a little about, about what's going on in Chrissy's sci-fi world. Well, on a whim, I decided to go back and watch Babylon 5. Um, I think I remember catching like a couple episodes when I was like much younger and then Dave's giving you the golf clap. You just can't see it. But. I know. Um, <laughs> so my friend and I were talking, and he was going on about how good of a show it was, and like showed it's a me a wise friend. Yeah, and that it was a really you know pivotal work in science fiction and shows, and that I really should watch it. So we've been doing that, and he was right. It is a very good show. Um, so right now you can actually get it free with your Amazon Prime. So. Yes, I saw they finally put it on Amazon Prime. Initially, I couldn't find it anywhere, so I bootlegged like the entire series. And now they have it on streaming. So Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Um, we just, good. We're almost finished the first season, and I'm told that you know it actually only goes up from there. So right, the first season right. is good. Then you have four seasons and then the movies. Four more seasons and then the movies you have to go through. Oh, there's movies. Okay. Yes, yes well, a couple of them. So. Awesome. Well, then I will be more than happy yeah. to go through the movies. Yeah, you will have to. Uh, so Jim Arrowwood, who I do a sh- the uh, the Orbital Sword with, he uh, does a Babylon Project podcast where they've been reviewing every single episode. So, oh, so he's. Uh, I'll have to catch that. Yeah, you'll have to check it out sometime. But oh. we we interviewed um, uh, one of the uh, leads on that show. Yeah, Mira Furlong. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was. Oh. Um, Delenn. Delenn, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, Delenn. so Delenn. We interviewed Delenn. But there was so, I thought there was someone else that uh, was on that show, too, that we interviewed. We might have. I, I, at the moment, I don't know who was. Yeah, I can't. It slips my mind, too. But Yeah. But very good. Anything else going on in your sci-fi world? No, there's just been a lot going on in my life. Like, my kitchen faucet broke in half, and then they fixed the faucet, and now the pipe, the supply line has been leaking all over that, so... I've been a little bit busy with water. Yeah, life. Life stuff. Water. Yeah, water. Mostly water. water. (laughs) You should play Sea of Thieves. (laughs) You're so good at water. I'm very good at water now. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Well, very good. Anything else we should talk about before we jump into the reason that we're here tonight, and that's to talk about Star Trek Beyond? Uh, Is M able to see the Picard trailer? I'm not sure... I'm not sure she's M. Yes. I don't think you 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 said you didn't watch the Picard trailer, right? I have not seen the yeah, trailer. That's yeah, accurate. Yeah. All right. Well, we won't talk about it too much here, and we'll there'll be others that'll be dropping that'll give us time to talk about it in the future. 
why don't we uh, jump into the show so we uh, get a uh, fair amount of time to talk about Beyond, which by far is the best Star Trek movie ever. I'm it's just saying. Really? <laughs> are you are you on something? Scott? Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, but before we get into like our thoughts about how we really feel about it, uh, Miles, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of the this movie for those that may not have seen it in a while? Tell us a little bit about the box office, and then let's go into our thoughts about it and things that we noticed watching it this time. All right. So. Short synopsis, the crew of the U.S. Enterprise explores the furthest reaches of the uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. Uh, it was estimated to be budgeted at about $185 million. Um, it, it grossed in the USA $158, almost $159 million. And worldwide, it grossed uh, a little over $343 million. And it opened... Now, this is wrong. It says it opened in July in 2016. It actually opened in May of 2016. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, okay, we yeah. hear you. Like, come I'm on. sorry. No, I just didn't respond. I was expecting you to go on. So, <laughs> but, oh, very good. And uh, we saw this, didn't we see this in theaters together, Miles? Uh, no, um, we did not. We did not. Okay. Did this drop? No. I thought the dis- this dropped over shore leave, didn't it? No, this was before sh- shore leave. Uh, a friend of mine, I, I th- well, I'm trying to remember now. I, I, I thought I saw this. Maybe, maybe it did open during the month of July. Um, I, I, I maybe I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it did because I thought it was the like opening weekend for Beyond and there was shore leave going on. and Yeah. But anyways, regardless, it opened. And we had a movie, yep. and uh, we had Star Trek Beyond, which, which seemingly at this point seems to be the final movie that we have for the foreseeable future. Yes. Uh, there Right now, there's no plans for to make another movie in the Kelvin timeline. Uh, there's been discussion about that, mainly that uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth uh, are not, have not signed on. Uh, there's... Dispute... Dispute about pay, yeah. And, and Hemsworth has come out well, or at least they say Hemsworth, when when, he, when they pitched the idea to him, uh, he didn't think it was, he he couldn't get behind it. Mm. Well, they wanted to they wanted to pay him like Star Trek two thousand nine fees to be in this film, like that kind of rate. And between then and now, he's friggin' Thor. Right, right, Thor. So I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then, and then, what Paramount made the mistake of not signing them into? They only signed them into three into three deal contracts, three movie contracts. Right. They should have done what they did with everybody else and screwed. You know, like put in a bunch of contingencies or add or made sure that they, as soon as the second film was done, they should have added a, a fourth and fifth. Agency that wouldn't have cost the studio anything, and then the guys would be locked in at a price. But as you look at the success and the and the work that these these actors do, like it's the lead. Of course, you increase his pay a right. little bit. And friggin' Thor, man, you can't just pay him 
scale to be in Star Trek. There's there's a lot of value to the work that they provide. And Paramount was like, no, we're going to be cheap. And then they were kind of screwing over a couple other actors, too. Like Zoe Saldana was getting a little getting nudged as well about her pay. And it's because of this film, because of Star Trek Beyond, because since it didn't do well, they dialed back the budget. And now I think it's just I don't, I don't think we're going to see it ever again unless they do another reboot. Right. Or yeah, you could argue Pine, uh, Saldana, and Hemsworth. They don't need Star Trek right now. Their their careers are going yeah, pretty quite, good right now. Yeah, uh, quite they're well. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah. No, I I hear you. So, but there's no Star Trek four movie, at least not on the docket. And uh, and we'll go from there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it take to? Uh, Maybe a little bit off, but related. What would it take to bring Star Trek back to the movie screen? Like, what would need to happen? Oh, budget a, a well, and story. Well, budget, story, and, and a well-established television series that you're going to base this thing out of, where people have gotten to know the characters. And I, I know I've said this before, and I'm sound like a broken record, but. You build up your characters and your crew because Trek was always meant for the small screen and you can put together a, an actual feature film. If you got a good story, you got to put a decent budget to it. You know, right. you get characters, people know and love. Yeah. What I think one of the things that made the, uh, the Kelvin timeline is while it was a different timeline and, uh, but these were still the same characters and theory we knew. Um, and so either you're going to reboot them to bring it back if you're going to continue to play in that sort of timeline, or you're going to do something totally different. Um, but then you almost need to, if you want the character, I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine Trek being done without a TV series backing it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe that's short-sighted because there's been plenty of sci-fi movies that have told an incredible story that have had no TV series. So is it impossible? I don't know. Do we bring too much expectation to Trek? Maybe. I don't know. I do. (laughs) And I'll openly (laughs) admit it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, very good. Very good. Uh, And did everyone here see it in theaters? Yes. 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 Yep. Saw it in theaters. Um, so going back and rewatching this movie, how did this movie set with everyone here? What did it feel like? And you, when you went back to watch it, what was it like? Well, to, to, I, I'm not going to give a rating, but I will say, I think this movie is the best of the three. I think so. I enjoyed watching it again. I, I, for for a lot of the reasons that I enjoyed seeing it the, f- the first time in theaters, uh, it it uh, right, th- this film really embraced what came before more. Um, Simon Pegg and, and Doug Jung, I'm not sure if I pronounced his last name right. I think did a fantastic job of just giving us the fans lots of Easter eggs throughout this film referencing the original series it kind of kind of had a almost original original series feel with what the enterprise and its crew were doing in this movie so 
Yeah, it was it was it was it was pure joy watching this movie again and seeing Kirk. He he's not he doesn't have to earn the chair anymore. He he has earned the chair. He he is more like original series Kirk as far as far as being a established competent uh, starship commander in this film. And there's some great character moments throughout this film. I, ironically enough, when the trailer came out. I was very underwhelmed by the trailer. I was like, oh, no, not it just looked like an action fest. And everybody said that at the time. And then yeah, I remember, I remember those conversations. Yeah. So the, the people that put this trailer together didn't put, you know, a lot of character moments that are so good in this film. And so it just came off as an action movie. And I think that that trailer actually probably hurt the movie more than it helped uh simon Pegg had to come out and say no 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 there's so much more to this movie it, there's there's a lot more story there's a lot more character moments you know come come see it and then, and then a new trip was uh created to try to add some of that in but but i i'm not so i i think the trailer might have kept some people away uh, mm. from seeing it mm. Uh, Em, what was your thoughts going back and revisiting this uh, movie again? I love this movie because it's so much more character driven and there's no ship. It's not, you know, their adventures on the Enterprise and doing stuff on the Enterprise and using the Enterprise. It was, they in the end, the Enterprise didn't even save the day. It was this nice clunky old ship that they managed to revive. I, I felt like we got a lot more time with characters and that was joyful. And when I, funny enough, um, it was, it was two weeks before, no, it was four weeks before I'm trying to think. Cause I learned this talking to Patton Oswald. Um, he and Simon Pegg are apparently pals and we were, it, he had done a special thing here out in Ashburn cause his parents live out in Leesburg and he grew up there and he did uh, a showing of the, of Mad Max with the original um, uh, Australian soundtrack. And he was hanging out afterwards and we were, everybody was just kind of chatting and he was talking, he had gotten a text like joking about Star Trek. And we were like, what do you mean? And he said, they start principal photography in two weeks and they just finished the script. Um, I love that that they they had a script and then they just trashed it weeks before they were supposed to start filming. And and Simon Pegg is the ultimate nerd. Right. Was just like he he apparently wrote like the wind, just did nothing but write and write and write and write. And I think that's what it needed. It needed that fan perspective. Someone who knew, like when he made the comment about the giant green hand, like that made me laugh. <laughs> Cause that's, that's quite a little, like even some of my friends were like, what's that for? I was like, it's from the original series. And it was so good to me because someone who cared about the franchise and the stories and the characters wrote about the franchise and the characters and the stories. And it was it was just delicious. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, and I, and I'd heard that story too, that he had kind of wrote it kind of under pressure. And I just, I was like, and, but for me, it was a, I jokingly said best Star Trek movie ever. And I, but it was whether or not we come down on whether that's true or not. It's certainly of these three comes out being the, uh, the strongest. Yeah. Chris is over here saying four, it's number four. And I, I would, I, you know, 
she and I would be in agreement that Star Trek Four <laughs> is the best. But but this was certainly of the of the of this trilogy certainly comes out as being strong and 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 some interesting characters that kind of drive it forward. Rewatching it again, I was reminded of of how strong. Um, what is it? Was it uh, was it Jayla the or uh, Kalara? Jayla. Okay, so was so was so strong uh, and independent and doing her own thing and um, and uh, was neat to see in a character that you just kind of encounter on this planet. Um, and so I really like that. The villain took a little bit to grow on me in this one because we don't know a lot about him. He's just a baddie. And then suddenly they're on the ship that they've commandeered and suddenly there's this big backstory to this guy that you just never knew about. And um, once that hits, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm invested and kind of feel bad for this character who's been marooned in this planet. But up till then, he's just kind of this baddie crawl that even though, you know, Idris Elba is phenomenal, he just didn't grab me as a villain until that point. See, I have I have trouble with the villain also. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure about if his motivations make a lot of sense. So when we get in further in our conversation i would love chrissy's input on that one uh, well so i i have uh yeah and i and i and i want to jump in on that too but but very good david how about you uh tell us a little bit about um your encountering this movie it's no secret i've been very critical about the its two predecessors in this verse you you critical <laughs> yeah yeah uh, really, no, really critical no. about it that's some other wave. Uh, <laughs> this one I enjoyed thoroughly. I, I I really I really did like it. You know, as we were talking about the you know, characters who who've grown, and they're they're written in such a way that you can certainly tell that from the beginning of the movie on, when, when Kirk's kind of pining about you know they're in their five year mission and things are getting kind of boring and tedious and. You know they're they've grown into a little closer to what I've I've known my whole life. The villain, yeah, I I, I don't know. I he's been a great villain, but I, I still could never really get his motive and what exactly he was trying to do. It, it just never I never bought into it that way. But the, certainly the effects when they were tearing apart the Enterprise in the beginning of the movie it was like, holy cow, we're killing the ship and the you know we're what ten minutes into this thing now. Yeah. So, okay. This obviously is not about good. the Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. The way they did too. Oh, oh just gosh. ripping it apart, and you got to finally see another saucer separation and crash landing. Right. Right. Mm. Never been done um, before. Never been done before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it, th- this one I, I i did enjoy and it was rewatching it again it was good the, certainly the humor between some of these characters is is just it just always makes me laugh it, and truly it has in the other ones as well um spock and mccoy's interaction in this movie is so reminiscent of classic classic track it, it, it's it was great very good 
The pair-ups were great. They were, oh, yeah. They were. The pair-ups were great. Anton with Captain Kirk and Simon Pegg with Jayla. And you knew, you knew those, you just, I agree, The that Spock and Bones was just delicious to watch the two of them. And and their little banter, and they did they were, and they're both so into their characters that it's it it's not really a stretch for them. It it's super believable, and it takes you back to the it takes me back to the like coming home from school and watching the reruns on my little black and white TV because <laughs> it was it's just right. Although I'm curious about like I do want I want to talk about the motivation of of the villain because. For me, it it made sense. It didn't resonate. Like I, I don't feel like genocide is a good idea. Um, it's not. But when, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but when when it dawned on when it, we realized that that he's actually a human, and then I went back. I've watched that movie like a hundred times. It's so good. Um, what he did to his body to survive when they figured out that kind of regeneration by stealing life force and and whatever from other beings and that as that does that because he he's getting that life injection he's also changing into like the dna of that of that body of this creature of that creature just and they were there for a very long time like he should have died a long time ago all of that time spending like trying to survive and then putting your body through that and trying to figure out you know what's the best what can i do you know um and and who he was beforehand because he was he was wasn't it like the sharks i can't remember they were like an, an elite the makos they were an elite fighting force they weren't a peacekeeping like you know it's it's space, the final frontier. We're here to find everyone and drink tea. Um, it was, you know, we're here to protect ourselves and kick some ass. So he was already that mentality of a soldier and soldiering on, and then to be cra- to crash and to be left behind, and then as you know, figured out how to survive, and then he's learning about Starfleet, and he's ready to like for the fight, but then there's no fight left, and everything's changed, and everything he knows has changed, and all of this stuff is altered. Like his creator has now forsaken him, so he's off to like, okay, you know what, f you, members, and take out the world and he finds the perfect tool for him to just go to town to take the jewel of the of the of of starfleet which is you know i'm with i'm with bones you know one little crack and we're all done um take that jewel and destroy it and and it it would be his perfect revenge right or a perfect revenge for him right you know, I, I I'm glad you were focused on the villain because I, I I'm with you on a lot of what you're saying here. Um, although the way you described, you know, and I haven't thought about, it, there's a little bit of Khan in him. I thought, you know, Khan's developed as this warrior and then kind of left, yes, left the thing. But uh, very different, very different characters, very different. But has that same sort of feel to it. And you know, you feel for the guy a little bit because he's been trained to be military to fight the, you know, to to you know, kick puck. Kippa and take, take names and then Starfleet when they become a peace organization says oh uh here we'll just give you a captain's chair no fighting involved and 
it has to feel a little bit of emasculating for him a little bit because he's kind of left there and there's nothing, the thing that drove him, the thing that made him, the thing that made him seek to improve has now been taken, the wind has been taken out of his sails and then then he crash lands and as you said, is forgotten by Starfleet. Um, and might I add, you know, his genocide might seem a bit extreme except remember to keep alive, he's been killing people left and right to do right. so. So it's not like exactly. so his his decision to just he has he he's obviously a little bit of psychotic a little bit of a psychopath because he doesn't a little he, bit yeah okay a major psychopath because he doesn't really have any compunction about killing human beings at all and so right. to to take out the entire Starfleet uh, he doesn't have any if he's mad at Starfleet and he thinks this is a good reason he obviously has that built into him just from living so long as it is. Chrissy, I'd love to hear your th- yeah. Chrissy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this a little bit. I don't. There was there's something like like everyone else said it. Great character, great you know fan movie. Um, I actually watched this right after the Wrath of Kong 2.0 because I was going on my cruise and I didn't know if I would have enough time when I got back with my sister moving and everything to watch the movie. So it's been a so it's been about a month now since I last saw. It. But ever since I when I watched it then. And even now, like, just, there was just little things that bothered me, like like the villain. And in particular, you know, he had that amazing fleet that apparently could just cut through ships. I'm like, well, why did you need this MacGuffin to go find? Like, why couldn't you just be kicking butt and taking names this whole time? So there was like a couple of those sorts of things. And I was like, did you really need to go through that elaborate plan? Like, maybe if you were able, because I mean, he cut through Enterprise, like nothing, knife through butter. So that was like, well, if you had this awesome fleet of basically drones that could kill starships so easily like did did you really need that i don't know maybe he was afraid that they would then bring the whole flute fleet down on him but then he attacked a whole base with it to get in so there were just like some plot really there were just some plot things that probably should have been cleaned up a little bit but if they didn't have time to do that that kind of explains it so mostly that's what bothered me about the movie was did did you did it did it uh, his motivation to take uh, to commit genocide on Earth? Did you buy that? Uh, I mean, I kind of had to because that was what they said this plot his motivation was, and I get where Emma's coming from. At the same time, It's kind of like, well, then what was what was his motivation for going out in the first place? You know, like you you were going to like sacrifice yourself for your people to begin with. Right. Unless that wasn't really his motivation, which was he was just a psychopath the whole time. And maybe morphing your DNA with a bunch of other alien DNA kind of screws your brain up. Maybe that contributed to him becoming a psychopath. That probably I would I would buy that. I mean, because if you start messing around with your biology i mean who knows who knows that's right and he was like i have friends who have been in the military their whole lives and the exposure to things have definitely changed their persona have definitely changed their 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 views of how they feel about things so that's that's what that's how I was seeing um, the Idris Elba character that he was, 
he was a Mako. He was designed, his team, they were trained to do one thing and do one thing well, to explore, do, to ex- not less like explore and like make tea, but explore, protect, defend. And then all of that, everything that you know is taken away and you're just surviving. Between the time and, you know, what you've been, what you've been exposed to, all of that, like all of the nurture over nature, like his, what, everything he's been exposed to. And I don't, I know he wanted to take out Starfleet. So it was, a, it was, I think it's more like a, uh, when I say genocide, I don't think it was specifically towards humans. I think it was just. Just anything that had to do with Starfleet. I'm pretty sure, like, if, um, you know, the Klingons came along, he would have been like, whatever. Yeah. So you're, he's, he, he's just lost his mindset. Right. Right. He's, he's not a, he's not a cognizant, rational being anymore. To, to a much different extent, we, uh, we saw the effects of, um, you could have considered PTSD on a on a Starfleet captain already um, during Next Gen uh, in the episode "The Wounded" when Miles O'Brien's old captain Maxwell took his ship out and went destroying Cardassian outposts and ships, oh, convinced yeah. that they were rearming for another war, and he he couldn't couldn't be convinced otherwise until. You know, they, they almost had to subdue him. You know, Brian had to convince him that uh, he needed to stand down. But you got a lot of, you could see into it. I guess this may, this may even been before we really understood, or PTSD. Well, before PTSD was given the uh, the attention and, and that it is now. But you could definitely see something. You know, in. in his character and the way they wrote him and their conversation with him and O'Brien and on the Phoenix. This movie just took it to a whole nother level. Right. Mm. So I'm when, figuring out how to put that, that weapon together to make a pestilence, like a plague that that's frightening. <laughs> it's just frightening. So when Starfleet was giving out psychological Exam profiles. Uh, they forgot to do one on uh, Belteshazzar Edison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah well. maybe. But remember, he's pre-Starfleet. Wasn't he, he? Yes, no, he's pre-Federation Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, pre-Federation yeah. Starfleet. So a little bit different of a uh, of a ball game back then. A veteran of two wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, well, very good. I like the, Go ahead. I like the reference that era. I mean, basically, they're yeah. they're basically you know, this is Simon Pegg's and D- Doug Jung's genius in this movie is just embracing what came before. They're embracing, uh, you know, the, the Captain Captain Archer era Enterprise. I don't think they said Ar- Archer at all, but they but the era of the, of fighting the Zindi, of fighting the Romulans back then, um, you know that. These old uh, uh, the start the 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 old clunky ship that that Kirk and crew uh, fix is is from that era. It looks looks like like the NX one Enterprise. So that was just great, just how they uh, paid homage to that. Yeah. 
Well, actually, as you guys were talking, I was vaguely reminded of the story of Hiro. I'm going to probably mispronounce his name. I apologize. Onoda, um, who was a soldier who kept fighting World War II for the Japanese for 29 years afterwards. And when they found, and he was so dedicated to his cause that, I mean, they tried everything, dropping pamphlets. I think his like commanding officer had to basically go out and find him to bring him back. And I was like, I was like just looking up right now, like what his reaction was after the war, you know, having being placed in a similar situation where, you know, you're out there, you're fighting, you get essentially abandoned by your country of origin. And for, you know, you have to keep fighting for like 30 plus odd years and what that does to him. And, you know, this guy came back and he became, you know, very much involved in right wing politics, calling for a stronger, more warlike Japan. So. Right. Right. That, I remember reading that story. It was in the, it was in the, uh, it was in the subtle art of not giving a that the story's in that mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah, that that is in there. I first heard about it from today. I found out oh. that YouTube channel, which is awesome, by yeah, the way. I yeah. love that. Yeah. But so I mean, like looking at some of these, I guess like it, it's a more convincing film than I was first giving it credit for. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the way that it was like written or played, or I'm I'm not. Well, really I think sure. for me, I think for me, the biggest the biggest problem was that we did. He's the the villain's one dimensional up till, you know, you're almost three fourths of the way through the movie before you get that video clip, and suddenly dots start getting connected as to who this guy is, and maybe that could have been dropped sooner. Um, I don't know if it would have changed his story, but it would have given you a little more empathy toward the villain a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, but, but I I loved the reveal that we're like three quarters of the way we're like mid, just at the tip of the of the third act, and then they throw that little twist like, by the way, he's human. What? What? <laughs> Seriously, That's, you don't expect it. So I I can see why they they pulled it. They but they did as far as. They hinted at it, though. It. They hinted at it. I was going to say, the, they uh, hinted at it with, pretty with, strongly. With, with his English being so flawless. Like, like, um, and they never really answer that. But they, like, going back, you're like, oh, well, that, that, that was a hint. Never, that was a hint. Well, well, yeah, because I remember watching Universal it. Translators. Yeah, oh, true. Well, I remember watching it being like, he's got something to do with the ship that crashed. I just know it. Like, there was, because he kept saying, like, certain things. I'm like, that just isn't, like, it was like, you know, like a, bother something in the back of your mind when you're watching and then you go oh yep. yeah yeah so there was lots of hints being dropped so but yeah. i don't know if like there would have been a way of like building his character a little bit more beforehand yeah like i said there were just some like most of my complaints come from like some plot plot things plot things yeah. like they're they're like nitpicky they're not like Oh my gosh, this character was so annoying, and I wish they would have just like you know died. It's you know, it wasn't that for me. Mm. It was a solid movie. Yeah. So, uh, anything else to say about the villain before we move on? I, I think Idris Elba played a did a very good job playing. Oh, yeah, him. I mean, even though for me, I, his well, now, now we've talked, so maybe his motivations are a little clearer. But uh, he. He, he, he was the right guy for this role. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I really need him to be our next Bond. That would be cool. That would be interesting. That would be cool. 
Yeah. It'd be amazing. No, I, I, it would be interesting, no doubt. What, um, what other, uh, what other, uh, moments stuck out to you as you rewatched this film or if you want to take lines, we can take this any direction you want. Um, well, we, we were remiss in saying this movie says goodbye to Leonard Nimoy, the Spock prime character in this movie. And I think they did a good job yes, with they how, how they handled it. Yeah, I think they yep. did a really, it was very good, very respectful job. And, you know, the scene where, where, where Spock opens up the portrait and sees a shot of the whole crew of, right. from the Prime Universe. Mm. Uh, I, I, I almost teared up when I saw that. I, so yeah. that was very effective. Uh, I thought they did. They said goodbye to Leonard Nimoy and the Spock character in, in, in the best way possible. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it was well done. It was not only his last movie, but then Anton, Anton, um, can't say his last movie, but but his last movie too. Sadly, yeah. Yeah. And tried tried a month before. Yeah. Tragically, it was that way. So, Um, go ahead. Well, uh, when we review this movie the first time, uh, Sean Frazier was with us, and, and he got the chance to see it in California. And I remember him saying they, before they showed the movie, they said, you know, we're just going to invite everybody to stand and, and just have respectful silence, uh, say goodbye to absent friends. And they mentioned Leonard Nimoy and Anton Yelchin. So this was um, – I, I don't recall the movie saying dedicate it to him. I know they dedicated it to Leonard it Nimoy. It was dedicated to him. Okay. There you go then. Yeah. So, you got it. Yeah. Well, very good. You know, I, I, yes, and I, uh, but I agree. The Spock scenes, uh, remembering Spock Prime, I thought was that that was done very well, very well. Um, I love the throwback in the Beastie Boys song because wasn't this the same song that was being played when they were driving the convertible at the beginning of the first movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that throwback, and then have it be the beat they play. It's just a really good song to go ripping through a a drone type army and just you know yeah it's just it's just incredible so I like the beats and shouting yes exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. you know what I'm right there with her I like beats and shouting <laughs> I too. love the beats and shouting yeah <laughs> it, like even before those those the the movies came out like the Beasties those first three album the uh, no not the first album but this second third and fifth albums those i carry with me all the time because there's times where i need to get stuff done so and it's the beats and the shouting like just it's it is my motivation music so when they started using it in the star trek movies like this is awesome and then when jayla who is named after jennifer lawrence by the way wow, um, i didn't know they that picked her it was an it was an homage to jen lawrence to uh, jayla because that's like her nickname on on like the social medias, uh, J Law. Um, when she when she says that to him, like I like the beats and shouting. Oh my god, so do I. <laughs> totally right. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, when McCoy and, and Kirk. I mean, McCoy and Spock are in that that alien ship, and, and McCoy's like, "Is that classical music?" And Spock's like, "Well, yes, I think it is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be classical music in three hundred years. Yes, it will be. That's for sure. 
That was a mistake, too, because he was supposed to say, is that classic? And he said classical, and they kept it in because it made, it made it was funnier. Yeah, it was. It was. Is that classical music? That's great. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did. I did like that. I did. I did like. I liked the music. I liked the. Uh, in general, I liked the soundtrack for this movie. I thought the sound was really good for it. But oh, the, the music that they played for when you first go to the space station. I think it's a beautiful piece of music. That was, that was some newer the music. Soundtracks. Yeah, who did who did the soundtrack for it? Does anyone know? Michael Gia. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Giacino Giacano. Yeah, he does. Um, he's done so many films. I on Amazon Prime Music. I listen to his stuff all the time too. Again, when I'm trying to jam and get stuff done, and I have my all my monitors up at work, I pretend like I'm on. It's my HUD, and I'm on the um, bridge, and we're on a mission. Like it helps. <laughs> it's very motivating music. I think it is Michael Giacchino. You're right, Dave. Right. Yeah. Um. So what else? What else uh, stuck out? What were some of your favorite moments in this movie? We may have hit on some of them, but maybe some others that you have. Just the interactions between Spock and McCoy. Yeah. Those those were great. Yeah. McCoy is a very is a favorite character of mine. (laughs) See, uh, the horseshit comment. Yeah. If you close your eyes, you could tell me something, Spock. What's your favorite color? I failed to see the ah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, That was. If you you close your eyes, difficult. You could see. If you close your eyes, you could see DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy saying those lines. It was so (laughs) absolutely so reminiscent of what they did before. Oh, that's great. That's, that was a good part. That was a good part. Or the tracking device for your girlfriend. That was the, radio, the radioactive one? Yes. <laughs> well, and Spock's kind of in a quandary because, you know, you could track your girlfriend now. How creepy is that? And He's like, well, that was my intention. <laughs> right. It's a token of his affection and respect. And then McCoy's right. like, I'm glad you don't respect me. <laughs> yes. I love that. That yeah. was a fantastic. Pro, pro tip, guys. Giving a tracking device to your girlfriend is not a, a, a token of affection or respect. No, case, it might be illegal. Yes, don't do that. Yeah, coming from our <laughs> resident counselor here. So, yes, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. She won't appreciate that. <laughs> oh my! Uh, you know, uh, Miles, you were saying, or someone was saying about how the Enterprise is just ripped to shreds, and uh, you know. Uh, one part of me said, oh, here we go again. They're destroying the Enterprise. Because how many times has that been done in a movie? You know? Uh, Almost all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> seemingly all of them. You know, you got to destroy the Enterprise. But, um, but this one. They're just stop naming the ship's Enterprise. Because apparently that just means that they're doomed. That's right. It's almost like giving someone a red shirt. Exactly. So don't right. give you a red shirt. So don't, name it, don't name it Enterprise. Don't name your kids Enterprise. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way they, I mean, it was piece by piece. It wasn't just. Oh, I know. See, you know, then the sales go, and then like, oh, it's just, yeah. You know, it. Uh, you know, Crawl uh, says, "Cut its throat." You know, he cuts off the engineering hole. There's the remainder of the neck that's still on the saucer. They have, you know, to get the impulse engines to work. They have to separate from that. It was just that. That was just a vi- visually stunning, incredible scene the whole way through. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and when they get the saucer down the planet with Chekhov and Kirk going back in there because they're going to use the sensors, they think it's still working. Um, uh, I forget the female character's name. Dude, I was just going to mention that scene, though. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible scene, like when they do the bait and switch. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you thought we trusted you. We don't believe every sob story. You know, that whole thing was incredible. I, I didn't see it coming the first time. Uh, you know, watching, I, I, you know, neither did I. I mean, Kirk and Chekhov must have, you know, worked on their non nonverbal communication skills a lot because it seems like, you know, Kirk was, set, you know, basically giving her enough rope to hang herself. And then, uh, you know, Chekhov is there in the nick of time to stop it from going any further. You know, I I work with a partnering therapist, and I will tell you that when you work with someone day in, day out, you just eventually are able to pick up on each other's rhythms, thought patterns, and you know exactly where that person is going to go, what they're going to do. And it is really, really awesome. I just switched partners, so I'm missing that aspect (laughs) of my work right now. But I know that my new partnering therapist, eventually she and I will get there because we always do. So I have to wait another six months probably for that to happen. But... Yeah. Well, and when you're on the Enterprise, what they say at this, they're three years into their five-year mission yeah, at this at, point. at this point, they're and, all like reading each other's minds. Right. Well, and they kind of open up. They, they, I thought they did a beautiful job of opening up like the complexities of being on a ship that long. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously not a main part of the story, but uh, it is interesting. Well, one thing I do like about this universe or this timeline is that they do address some of the realistic um realities that comes with you know like living in and out of the ship the fact that at the end of the movie i think they had you know a ceremony for all the people that they lost you know those sorts of things which i don't think we i don't think i recall seeing that being done that much before in star wars and star trek movies goodness gracious where's my brain right now (laughs) clearly not here so i'm a little bit distracted um but the star trek movies So at the very end, you know, them having kind of like a funeral service for all the people that they lost in this, you know, the fact that. It was was his birthday party, right? His birthday party, but then else. Oh, but they do say for, they do, they do toast to like. That's what they do toast. They do toast to it. Like I said, I watch it like. Yeah, Yeah. absent friends. So they do acknowledge that, you know, that. And I think in the last movie, they kind of like, well, you broke the prime directive. Like, what do you think? We're just going to look the other way. So, you know. Some some of that I do I do appreciate. There's consequences. Yeah. Right. Like there's real world consequences. Like when you're watching an action film and you're like, and how are you all gonna pay for the fact that, you know, you guys just blew up that building or you know, all these civilians are being crashed into their cars. You know, that person's probably gonna lose their job over that. And you know right. you know, you like watch those things and you start thinking to yourself, hmm. Yeah. So I do like the part when they are back at the uh, base. Uh, what, what what's the base called again? The big sphere, Starbase Yorktown. Yorktown. Oh, Yorktown. Yeah. So when they're York Starbase Yorktown, and uh, and uh, you know they're near the end, and they and the ship that they're on is you know underneath the city, and the city's going on ahead, and they burst up through the water there, and you know the three enemies like jag into the ship. I thought that was a beautiful way to end a chase scene. Um, yeah. And uh, and was was visually reminiscent of other times we've seen the Enterprise kind of pop out of the water, and it's kind of neat to see that. 
I thought th- th- this, you know, Chris Pine's Kirk was a little more introspective in this movie. Oh, definitely. Uh, throughout, but there's a scene in there when they, they evacuate the ship. And he's standing on the bridge and he's watching the Enterprise crash. And to me, that was reminiscent of uh, the first film when George Kirk is on the bridge of uh, the Kelvin and he's kind of watching the screen, watching the ship getting ready to crash into the Narada. So it was just a nice, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, callback, I guess. Right. They, they did a good job of bookending it where it, like, it felt like they could, they could end it if they needed to end it for the, the last film or if they, or if they had the opportunity to make a fourth film, they could. So I'm not feeling like if they never make a fourth one, like I'm going to be left hanging. You feel like the trilogy is complete. Yeah. I feel like it's open. Like, of course they're going to have more adventures. And at the same time, it's like, I don't need to necessarily hear about all those adventures. Some of them might have been boring. Right. I do like the idea that uh, Kirk refuses his promotion because he knows that it would be trapping for him to not to fly at the end. Yeah. Which is true to Kirk. Yes. Very much so. Well, at the beginning, he has that, that, that internal crisis and he, right. he, he applied for it. Right. It wasn't like they just handed it to him. Like, hey, no, you did a great job. Here's a cool thing. He was he was ready to. He'd gotten to a point where the monotony. He felt like it was a monotonous role, not monotonous, but he'd done what he could do, and he wasn't sure. You know, it's probably best to just settle in now. And then after losing the shit, we had so much more character. We story. I loved it, and to see to really watch him like process things on his face instead of like watching his ship get processed right? Um, for him to decide like, you know what this, no, thank you, but thank you. Right. I'm good. I made a mistake. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I think we had something with Spock too, which was similar. Well, yeah. And that, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask, ask all of you about, because I, I feel like I missed it. There's indications that Uhura and him are kind of on the outs. Well, because apparently he wants to go off and make little Vulcans. But is that ever said anywhere in yeah. the movie? Yeah, it, it is. Did, it I is. Just, did I just miss it? It's like a it's like one line or something where he where he's like, I feel something about like I felt an obligation to my species, and then I think McCoy was like, well, that would be a reason why the woman would be upset. He was, but what obligation? He, he was leaving Starfleet <laughs> to go back and help the colony because he was telling he was telling Bones this, like that he felt the obligation to go back to the colony and and help rebuild what they had, like rebuild Vulcan in this new space, like and because it's it's like a super brief conversation, right? Yeah, it is. Like I that's just, what I got out of it. I, I just I just felt like I missed like. So, but and they didn't seem to like be really pissed at each other. Like I, I've seen a who are pissed at Spock before, uh, like in the last movie. But I'm not seeing that same sort of pissed offness at Spock. Except the indication, I said, except the indication that she wants to give this necklace back, and he insists she keeps it. Yeah. Well, she. It's a gift given in love, and they were together. And I've returned stuff from exes before. Like I just don't want it. Right. Um, around, so it could be that you know I just don't want this here, and she's probably the possible like if 
if my alien boyfriend said, look, my whole world just got destroyed. There's only like 40,000 of us. I feel compelled to go and help rebuild my species and my people. Uh, I wouldn't begrudge him that. It would suck. But it seems like, like, and they're both so young. She's got the her whole career ahead of her. She's like, the, okay, let's go. You Go be awesome at your stuff. I'll be awesome at mine. Look, right. I should give you this back. It was your mom's. No, keep it. You know, a gift given is only given once. Oh, thank you so much. And then they move on. Right. That way I'll be able to track you anywhere in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if somebody gives you a a, a gift uh, a, that's a token of their affection, respect, um, you know, well, maybe 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 have this thing checked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you never know. Stalker, stalker, Spock. But. No, I, I'm, he probably more at this day and age would be like, "Can I see your cell phone? Don't give me your cell phone, ladies. Don't do it." <laughs> Don't, yeah. There'll be a tracking device on it. Um, it'll be an app. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> it'll be an app. Something, something there. All right, all right. Well, what other parts of the movie, other characters, other things that we need to talk about? Uh, something Chrissy said in, in this film, I mean, as far as uh, consequences, but something they also do. I, I think the alien woman who is actually one of Crawl's lieutenants at Tavana, uh, they're. They're showing that the universe in Star Trek, we've always seen people, aliens, everybody speak perfect English. But here they're showing that the universal translator is working on translating her language. And they just kept that throughout the whole film that there was a slight delay after she would say something. Then the translator would translate it. That's how it would really work. And so that was kind of cool at that what they're showing. And we're, we're almost there now. I mean, you can get apps on your phone that will, will translate for you. So. Yeah, oh, that's a, it was a nice touch. Yeah, I I actually um conducted a, a session with someone who who was from out of the country. Um, my I had called the translation line, the translation line I couldn't get through. So we actually sat there and used Google Translate, and I spoke in English and showed her, and she spoke in her native language and showed me, and we conducted session with Google Translate. Well, I notice these devices you see come across the Facebook ads where, like, you go, you can go to another country and it has a language you speak into it, and it, and it says it in their language. Yeah. Which is, like, really cool. It doesn't move as fast. It doesn't work as fast as it does on the television zone. But right. that's how I communicate with my, um, with my neighbor from China upstairs. We use the Mandarin setting on Google Translate. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's coming. We're going to soon have that. Yeah, for human languages. That's right. It'll be a while before we get the alien language. Right. Maybe we, Klingon. Someone will do it in Klingon. You know that. I'm sure it's already done <laughs> in Klingon. Uh, like, probably, come on. It'll be done the- Mark Okren, get on it. But uh, <laughs> uh, Anything else before we uh, wrap this up and uh, you know, maybe give our ratings on this movie and uh, how this stacks up against other movies for us? Did you know that um, Jeff Bezos was in the movie? I did not. He appears as a Starfleet alien in a group shot. Ah, very good. No, I did not know that. And then did you know the black eye that Chris Pine sports in that last scene is real? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Um, apparently he and Idris Elba, like, had they were duking it out in a fight scene, and it just got a little too real. <laughs> <laughs> and he got clocked. 
he was clocked in the face. Oh, that's um, kind of funny. So they uh, they left it. They enhanced. They they didn't even need to enhance it really because it had turned such a pretty color. <laughs> wow. Uh, and Justin Lin is in the movie. One of the writers. He is. Um, uh, what's his name? Sulu's husband. Oh, oh. okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, oh, and you know what? It's Pride Month. We should mention that. Oh, see, it is. There we go. They, they made they made it very like in case you didn't know. There we go. Su- Sulu is gay. Yeah, subtly they didn't like, but yeah, it was which nice. is so a happy Pride Month. There James, we go. There we go. Our James <laughs> Takei didn't really care for that. He said it wasn't really necessary. Which I, I get so. that. Like, why? Why make? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'll just say Simon Pegg was trying to, I don't know, honor, respect George Takei with that, but it, it didn't. Yeah. yeah. It didn't come off as. Maybe yeah, it, it didn't come off as well as it could have, which is a shame because Star it, Trek, it, it, Star it, Trek is known for like pushing those social boundaries. Right. Yeah, but you know, oh, it did, but at the same time, I didn't feel like it detracted from the movie. It was just a part. It was just there. Right. It's like it wasn't like. Yeah, it, was it wasn't like a, they came out, you know, wearing like rainbow capes and like doing like a. You know, <laughs> it was. It no. was. It was very much like oh, like you know, it's not like they made it you know a big deal. It was just like oh, this is my husband. Yeah, like, it was it very was like subtle. not. Yeah, it was very subtle. It wasn't like in your face. It was like you know, there yeah. wasn't there wasn't confetti coming out of the ceiling about it. Right. Which. That's fine. that's when a character has that kind of when like those traits, those representations of, you know, different groups. I like it when it's just a matter of fact thing that like, oh, right. you know, right. And it's, it's kind of like I mentioned in passing. It's a, right. it's there, but it's not like their whole character. Right. right. I like that yeah. when we're doing inclusivity in yeah. a franchise. No, I agree. Well, having the daughter there is kind of an Easter egg also to Star Trek Seven Generations. We saw mm-hmm. Sulu's daughter in that movie. So okay. yeah. I, I'm doing that. I was an homage to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And being J.J. Abrams' friend gets gets you bit roles in his movies. Yes. Uh, we see the, you know, Greg Gunberg make an Once appearance. He's one of the uh, the, the star-based officers. Yeah. You see him uh, two different times, and uh, he, of course, is the voice of of, of uh, Kirk's uh, stepdad shouting at him on the radio when he's driving the convertible down the road in the first movie. <laughs> so, And I didn't see him in the second movie, but I'm assuming he was there. He's always in J.J. Abrams' movies. But. Oh, the guy who plays Snap Wexley in the uh, new Star Wars movie? Yeah. yeah, he well, he was a policeman in Heroes. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Well, it's I mean, in a, I mean, it's not mentioned on screen, but his last name is Finnegan, and Finnegan was a a cadet with with Kirk that that used to like to you know give Kirk a lot of crap. There's a an episode where Kirk and Finnegan are uh, going at it. Um, it's, a, it's an illusion of Finnegan, so, but just a nice another little homage to the original series. Yeah. Jimmy Boy. Yeah. You remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Why don't we go ahead and uh, 
and move into uh, how we rate this movie and whether we would recommend people watch it. All right. So, okay. uh, Chrissy, why don't you start us off? Um, I'd give this movie like a solid A minus. Solid A minus. Would you recommend someone who watches Star Trek watches? Yeah, absolutely. This one I would definitely recommend watching. Okay. All right. Em, how about you? Um, I give it a, a good solid A. Like it's it's well done. It's entertaining. I've watched it at least a hundred times, so it doesn't suck. So, where do you rank this in your uh, Star Trek lineup of movies? Um, let's see. Of the new, if I pick up the three of the new ones, it's my favorite. If I include um, the TNG films, it's 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 like number two. And if I include the original films, it's still number two. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead? How do you uh, rank this film and how do you rate this film? Oh, uh, you know what? I'll agree with Chrissy. I'll give it a solid A minus. It's uh, much higher than the other two. I, I, you know, that says, I that says something for someone who hates the Prime Universe. I mean, the Kelvin Universe. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it does, and it's because you know, just the way it was a good story. Um, and where would I rank it? Yeah, among uh, the rest of them. Yeah. Oh, golly. Um, well, certainly the best of the new three, but oh god, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, you don't have to answer it if you aren't sure. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's not top five, but it's probably pretty close. Okay, very good. Miles, how about you? Where would you? Uh, how would you rate this movie, and where would you rank it? Um, I, I I I give it a solid A. There's some maybe some minor plot holes, but you could easily forget them by watching this movie. And if if there's Star Trek fans that didn't see any of the Kelvin timeline movies, I think you could watch this one. And skip the first two if you want, or 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 just watch them out of order. Just watch this one first. I think, I think you'll it 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 pays a lot of love to what came before, but still tells a solid story in its own universe. As far as where I put it, with all my Star Trek movies, it w- it would be in my top five. It would probably be number five in my top five. All right, very good, very good. And and for me, this is a really good Star Trek movie. Um, I think if you didn't watch the other ones in the Kelvin timeline, you would miss a little bit of the origin story of who these characters are and how they got together. But uh, this one at most feels like the rest of the Star Trek movies, which kind of are based in the assumption that these people have been together for a while. And so this movie three, these people have been together for a while and you get that and you believe it and you feel it. Um, which is what we've kind of come to expect in all the Star Trek movies, the movies, not the TV shows, but the movies that we've watched. Uh, and so I too think it's certainly best of the three. Uh, I, I think it's a solid A um, and as well, five stars, however, however you want to rank it. Uh, and, and, and it is well done. And it's definitely in my top five. Uh, Star Trek four remains my number one 
And uh, but this one might be eking up into the top three for me. Somewhere oh, okay. There. So, so it might get there. Don't ask me what my number two would be because I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, I I definitely I definitely enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't think it's my favorite villain that we've seen, but it was a good villain. So I don't know how I'd rank my villains. We should rank our villains sometime, but. We should. We should rank the villains. Best villains in Star Trek. But. The original con. The original con? Yes. Yeah. Nah, the Kelvin con. Lord. There will be fighting words later. Uh, later. It's happening now. Uh, uh, let's oust him from the show. <laughs> um. I think the uh, – we don't have to talk about it now because we'd be on for another half an hour here. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, those are our thoughts. Um, so we will continue. Uh, I guess we got to eventually start talking about what we're going to start reviewing next, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's kind of done. Yeah, because unless – come on, make more Star Trek movies. We're, oh, we're, we're out of material, guys. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, that's that's right. the rule. So – so yeah, so why don't we, so we'll, we'll let you know online and probably the next show we record. We're coming up in shore leave. Shore leave's uh, only a month away, less than a I month. I can't believe it. Less than a month away, yeah, yeah, or almost a month or whatever. But uh, so a lot of guests that we are uh, hopefully will be bringing interviews uh, from many of them. You might get some of those before shore leave if all goes well, and. Um, yeah, so if you get to shortly, make sure you look us up. We're excited about that coming down the pike. And, uh, <gasps> Wait, it, Captain Pike is coming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Michelle Nichols, what the frig? Oh my god, this is amazing. She's finally looking at the roster. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, maybe I should check this out. Maybe I should see who's actually going to be there. Yeah, I'm sorry that my job no, and taking care of my mother is taken away from I know. my show. God forbid you have a real life. Come on. I know. Um, well, you know, uh, and unfortunately, Nichelle Nichols has already denied any sort of interviews, but she's going to be there. I think she's only there Saturday and Sunday yeah. also. I mean, and this there are is a couple, her well tour. Yeah, there, there are a yeah, couple that are only there well. days, but, Yeah, She has not been well. So I think it's kind of joyful that she's able to make it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, totally stoked about that. But I got my photo op packages already bought. There you go, ready to go. And who are you getting your photo ops with? Uh what did I get? I got the uh, the one Star Trek package, which is Michelle Nichols, Anson Mount, and Ethan Peck. Um, the hell did I get? I think the other one was. Uh, Michael Shanks. That's right. Okay, very good. Yeah, so Shanks um, in the uh, truck package. Yeah. So M says she can't hear us. Is that right? No, it was before. I already fixed it. Okay, very good. So you're here. All right. Well, uh, very good. So if you get to shortly, make sure you uh, look us up because many of us will be there, not all of us. So, um, but yeah, but I think that's about it. Anything else we got to say before we wrap up the show? Well, we could talk about this movie longer, but we, I think we 
probably should stop. Yeah, because we get put notable quotes and everything else. But all right, well, we're don't good. go see Phoenix. Don't go see Phoenix. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, M's PSA for the time. Don't go Dude, see Phoenix. I have, well, I'm I'm glad I've I didn't decide not to. Two whole, I've walked out of two whole films in my life. Yeah. And I don't even remember what the second one was. It was so bad. Miles, didn't you? Um, go, uh, Miles, didn't you go see it? No, I did get to see it that day. And uh, because of your PSA, I will wait till either that movie becomes available on rental or streaming. I would like to see it, but it, did. but but I don't have to spend fifteen bucks to go see it now. Since yeah. yes, uh, yeah, don't help, same. Help save, yeah. save your monies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I believe that's about it. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show. All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see you. Do your dailies. Leave your tips on the table. Go boldly. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.